0: When people tell you something about their past or a traumatic situation, it isn't because they want you to feel sorry for them. It is because they are looking for compassion and empathy. It is because human connection, understanding, and acceptance are all vital to healing. Understanding is the gateway to acceptance. We are all hardwired to seek acceptance and acceptance is love. We're all seeking love because it gives us a sense of belonging. It connects us to a group and it allows us to see the past mistakes or trauma as a natural part of human life. Perfection is not part of this experience, no matter what society says. It is impossible to be perfect or reach perfection as a human being. But it is the act of acceptance that allows us to be loved regardless of our past experiences, our mistakes, or any other imperfect part of our human experience. If someone tells you something traumatic, they have decided that you are a safe place and you will help them. Usually, people don't know how to respond when someone opens up about trauma. They may change the subject. They may make a pouty face and talk to you in a baby voice and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Or they may say something that might come across as insincere. They may pat your hand and look away and move on to a more pleasant topic. They may turn the subject around into something about them maybe it will be an experience they had that was similar or maybe it'll be something that they want to talk about or that's less uh deep or heavy like oh i i but not change the subject but let's talk about the barbecue this weekend or something like that they may avoid the person who brought up the topic or the traumatic conversation They may meet the person with toxic positivity and say things like, Oh, it isn't that bad. That was so long ago. You should just get over this. We are all guilty of this at one time or another. And you know why? Because we're human. And in the human experience, there are a lot of mistakes and wrong turns. The human experience is filled with opportunities to learn, to be sorry, to change, and to gain new skills and new ways of looking at things. What we have done in the past when confronted with a friend's trauma does not have to be what we do moving forward. In this podcast, we are discussing how to talk about trauma, how to receive the conversation, and how to create a non judgmental space. This is the You Don't Own Me podcast, and I'm Juliana J. And there's a disclaimer at the end of this video and in the description below. This topic can be triggering to some, and this information is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for any clinical or therapeutic experience. Consult your healthcare provider provider he- or healer if needed. In the past, you may have not approached these conversations in a supportive way. And it isn't because you are insensitive or you're a jerk. Most likely, it's because these conversations are sometimes shocking, devastatingly sad, or overwhelming because talking about trauma has been taboo in the past. Most people lack the skills to talk about it because, frankly, it was discouraged. When the subject comes up, we simply have no language or familiarity to effectively talk about trauma. Not knowing how to talk about trauma leaves the person dealing with the trauma in a space of feeling alone. It leads to feelings of being unloved, being separate, feeling different, feeling shame and unworthiness, and feeling isolated. Trauma is something that comes up a lot, yet society has made it challenging to talk about. But talking about trauma is really important. Not talking about trauma can lead to addictive behaviors, inability to deal with conflict, anxiety, depression, PTSD, physical and mental illness, and an innate belief that we have no value. In fact, studies show that people that come back from war suffer less PTSD if they can talk about their experiences with others. There are some things you or a person struggling with trauma can say to open a conversation. Just starting the conversation about your own trauma is also challenging because again, we lack the skills or we've never seen that modeled before. So we don't, know how to open the conversation without putting the the listener in a defense mode or, or telling them something that might trigger them to perceive the conversation in a certain way. So here are a few things you can say to kind of open up the conversation. You could say something like, there is something I'm struggling to move past. I know I need to talk about it to overcome it and move forward, but I'm afraid to talk about it because I'm afraid I will be judged or that people will think I'm overreacting. Or you could say something like, I need to tell you something about my past so I can start working on healing and moving forward. If I tell you, will you listen and not judge me or or think I'm making too much of it? Or you could say something like, I am struggling with something in my past that I can't get over. I need to move on. Can you help me by listening to me in a non-judgmental space? I don't want to be told that I'm overreacting or I should get over it. I just need someone to listen and hear me, to see me, to hear me. Or something like that. You can mix and match the things that work best for you. First time you ask for a non-judgmental space, you may feel silly or strange. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes. It's just that we've never seen that modeled before, so we perceive it as strange. But the more you talk about trauma in a space where you can be heard and not judged, the more possibility there is for you to heal. It's super important in the process. In addition, having the language to help someone is important. It can be the breakthrough they need to move through the things that are holding them back. Knowing how to react and to be present is helpful for the listener because it gives the listener the tool to be present. Again, we've you've probably never seen that modeled in a conversation. And if you've never seen this conversation happen, you don't have any framework for what's positive in the space and what is not positive. You you didn't see it not work out. You didn't see it work out. You didn't see a positive modeling experience. You didn't see a negative modeling experience. You have literally no framework. So here are a few tips. Allow the person to speak even if it's upsetting to them. Let them tell you all they need to tell you without judgments or trying to fix the issue. Just Listen. Don't insist they need professional help. Not everyone who's a survivor of trauma needs therapy. Do not offer solutions unless they ask. Again, your job is just to listen. Do not bring up your own experiences. If they ask you about your experiences, that's another story, but don't go into great detail. This time is for them. You may be asked about it at a later time and you can talk about your experiences, but the initial conversation is not about you. Don't expect the person to get over it. Again, be non judgmental. I can't stress this enough. This is extremely important in this process. Do not meet them with toxic positivity. I did a whole other video on toxic positivity, which I will link at the end of this video and I will put in the description below. Don't think you know how they feel. The experience is unique to each individual. Be empathetic. Don't avoid talking about the events or events they're talking about. Don't think you know how someone will behave when they tell you something traumatic. Each person is different. Some people will cry hysterically. Some people will shed a few tears. Some people will have no emotion, whatever. Some people will laugh or smile when talking about trauma. And it's just a way to minimize the experience Most people that talk about trauma will do it in bursts or multiple conversations. So let them know you'll always be here for them to listen. Again, don't judge. Very, very important. Don't use any language that can be judgmental. Don't turn the conversation into a solutions-based conversation, trying to solve the problem and all of that. Unless they ask for solutions, that's not what the conversation's about, the initial conversation. Say things like, you are loved just as you are. Say things like, I hear you. I'm here for you. You're not alone. It will get better. We will get through this. You are human. Human beings aren't perfect, and that's okay. You do not need to do anything else to be valid. You already are. And do not touch the person unless you have a relationship with them where that's a positive experience for them. You can ask them if, can I hold your hand? Can I give you a hug? Can I put my arm around you? But don't assume this will be helpful. Definite things not to say. It's time to move on. Most of these are toxic positivity, by the way. It's time to move on. That was a long time ago. Get over it. Stop being so negative. Why are you letting this affect you? It's not that bad. If you continue to dwell on it, then you'll never move on. In fact, that is a huge misnomer because people need to work through it, not stuff it down somewhere deep where they don't look at it. That doesn't solve the problem. Do you think you'll ever stop being depressed about this? Don't ask that. You are a survivor. Quit being a victim. Your experience could be worse. Someone else has it worse than you. That was a long time ago. No one wants to know this about you. Don't tell anyone. Again, in fact, if you don't talk about it, you can't heal. So that's just very destructive. Do not talk about your own issues like this unless somebody asks you. Again, that is so toxic. Do not make the conversation about your own issues. Again, you're here to listen. Do say things like, I'm here for you. I don't know how it feels to go through what you, ha- what you have gone through, but I'm here for you. I'm sorry you were going through this. I'm here if more comes up. Can I help in any way? You are fine just as you are. I love you. I'm here for you. I support you. I understand how hard this is. You don't have to be perfect. No one is because we are human. And that experience in itself is not perfect. You were brave to tell me, and I appreciate what you did. I don't know what to say to make this better for you, but I hear you and I see you. You matter. You matter to me. You matter to everyone you know. You are enough just as you are. And I really, really mean that. That one sentence was groundbreaking for me when I was discussing my trauma. It just really hit me in a place that wasn't my brain. You are enough just as you are. That can be so powerful in and of itself. You can ask the person, what do you need? How can I be here for you? You can say to them, it took a lot of courage to open up to me and I value your strength. You are a good person. You're amazing. I am touched by your ability to tell me things that might have been really hard to say. You're not alone. Your story matters. You matter to me. These conversations are hard and it's okay. No matter what happens, it's okay. Ask them if they need help. And if so, what help? Let them tell you what they need. It, it might be simple, like, what can I do for you? What do you need right now in this moment? Is it a glass of water? Is it a hug? Is it um, a handshake? Is it nothing? What is it? You know, is it calling somebody? Is it doing something? What is it? These com- conversations are hard and complex, again, compounded by the fact that we've never seen other people having these conversations normally, you know, maybe, maybe you've seen it once in your life, but that's not really enough. It's not a normalized conversation. Like a lot of people know what to say in conversations about how to ask for a raise or, or, um, you know, how to talk to someone you don't know at a party, you know, you've seen a lot of that being modeled to you, but, but this is the unknown. So hearing a loved one's trauma can be traumatic in itself. and knowing how to take care of yourself is really, really important, you know, um, Knowing how to create a space where you aren't picking up all the trauma and identifying it as yourself, but you're able to help somebody but be buffered is important. Or if if you also have similar trauma or trauma that's different, How can you protect yourself and take care of yourself? And that's kind of an individual experience. And we'll do other podcasts on this and call in professional healers to talk about it. So look for that in the future. If the person seems suicidal or struggling with suicidal thoughts, you can call the suicide hotline in your area. There's a list in the description below. Uh, In the United States is 988-988. You can get them into a 72-hour watch. You can call a healer and schedule an appointment, and then you can go with them to the appointment. That's a really hard thing for a lot of people in crisis. Just making the phone call to an appointment seems like an impossible task. And then going to the appointment is even more impossible. So if you have the capacity to make an appointment for them and take them there or take them somewhere, if they're really in crisis, um, it's not enough to just say like, oh, we'll call your therapist and get in today. Sometimes that's nearly impossible for someone in crisis to do, if not impossible. And if you can help them in that process, that that's great. Ask them if they have any contacts they would like to share with you in case of an emergency. This might include emergency numbers like family and friends, work numbers, doctors, therapists, healers, health-related folks, things like that. Assure them you you will not contact any of them unless it's an emergency. But you'll keep the numbers handy for now because you have their back. You're here for them. You got them. You know, if they need you to know who their therapist is and what the number is. So that you can call in a crisis, or they need you to know who their sponsor is in order for you to make that connection, if needed. That's kind of a good peace of mind. Again, this is something you want to ask if the conversation promotes it or brings it up. You don't just want to bring that out of you know thin air because they could perceive it as you judging them. You know, so be delicate about that. It's hard for people to be here for these conversations because society does not promote this type of work, but it is important for us to break the mold and to be there for each other. When it is hard, tell people. When you are struggling, tell someone. We can be in this together. We can help each other. We can make a difference for ourselves and everyone else. It is possible to change the culture to something more kind and caring. We are human, and humans need other humans. We are hardwired for this. Modern culture sometimes puts too much emphasis on things that create individuality and aloneness. We're competing with one another. We need to take credit for things. We need to be bigger and better than everybody else. That all creates aloneness. We rebrand this cultural phenomenon as powerful, this ability to be alone, to be an individual, to, to um, stand alone at all times. We rebrand it as something powerful, but the real power lies in human connection. Our superpower isn't how we can do things alone, but in how we can unite to heal the wounds that make us human. Our superpower is exactly what humans are hardwired to desire. Our superpower is love and kindness. I love you, and I support you, and I care about you, and I'll see you in the next one. Please like and subscribe if you liked this podcast, and I'll see you soon. Take care, everyone.